Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. my mind, you make everything feel fine. Worry about those times. I'm way too numb, yeah. It's way too dumb, yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hype. Throw that to the side, yeah. I just want to ask him right now, I if Dre, if you're listening, this is what you're going to get right here. Did you close your eyes last night? And as you were drifting off to sleep and your eyelids shut, did you say to yourself, I did it? That's what I want to know. If I had the performance Dre Jameson had last night as a rookie, I don't think I slept last night, honestly. Just saying right now, it had to be hard, but that pillow was soft and the shadows were creeping. And you said, I can do this. Hey, you can make a real strong case that the D-backs are the team right now. Like, they're the feel-good story in the Valley right now because the Suns are obviously dealing with everything they're dealing with right now, and you know, the Cardinals are off to a bad start. ASU, the investigation always hangs over them until the, you know, until the NCAA actually interviews one or two people instead of just talking about it for three years. The investigation's uh, still going on. Not, I don't right? even know if it started yet, to be honest. Well, whenever they can get around to it They're making calls yeah. right now. <laughs> Making from, a list from their rotary phones the I mean, with their their what uh, is going on their long man. distance calling cards. Uh, anyway, back over to football. Zach Ertz was one of the guys who spoke yesterday. It seems like he will be um, good to go, not just for part of the game, like he was last Sunday against the Chiefs. He did get in the end zone, but he wasn't a factor the whole game. Seems like he um, should be good for for just a typical workload. But he talked about it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you got to trust. Eventually, you get to the point where you got to either trust it's going to hold up or it's not. And I got to the point after the first one. It was a very low strain. The first calf, um, I was pretty much full speed in nine days, and on that tenth of the day, it wasn't feeling great. And I was, I've had soft tissue injuries where it's like maybe you just need to push through it and it will be good. And and it just wasn't the case. Um, so we had a setback. It was a little worse than the first one. So I had to start from scratch, which was mentally extremely difficult. But my faith was a huge part of it. Having a son going home and worrying about him versus myself was a big blessing for me at the time. Um, and now fully healthy, excited. Um, but it is tough for sure rehabbing soft tissue injuries. Yeah, Zach Ertz wasn't bad by any means on Sunday. He just didn't get to play very much. He did get in the end zone. Just two catches for 14 yards. And to your point from earlier, Wolf. Kind of tough to do 12 personnel when you have Trey McBride inactive and Zach Ertz isn't really playing. Yeah, you know, once again, I I thought it wasn't going to be the primary personnel group for the Arizona Cardinals um, in the first six weeks of the season during rundown situation without DeAndre Hopkins. I never thought it was going to be the primary personnel group. I just thought it'd be a significant personnel group. And it was not last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. 12 personnel. No, one back, two tight ends. Why do I say that? It was not big in the game plan. It was not a primary personnel group because of the score, number one. The Chiefs getting up 
for the most part, the Arizona Cardinals were going to go 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and that tight end was going to be Zach Ertz from time to time, but he was on a snap count because of it. They still, they got down in that game in Zach Ertz's health. I thought that impacted their use of 12 personnel. I hope that's not the case in week two. I'm going to ask you a question here that may be impossible to answer, but whatever. It's Friday. I'm just going to make you try it. Yeah, right. Good. We used to take shots of hot sauce on Friday, so you're going to have to answer this question. Um, When you look at this game and the Cardinals' recipe for success, like if the Cardinals could dictate how this game goes, not just, hey, we score more points, but like how they actually get there, what is it? And in your mind, is that just this week, or is that for the season, whatever their whatever their ideal situation would be? Yeah, no, I think the ideal situation has got to be something they nurture and develop for the entire season. I think this is, is going to be an excellent observation point right now to take notes and say, okay, we've got Max Williams and we have Zach Ertz. We have both these guys. They're healthy. They're healthy and ready to play. Love the fact every injury report that does not have Max Williams on it is absolutely huge it's to me. Ironic, he's like the one guy you can count on to play each week. And it was the guy with the biggest question mark coming in, like Max, how are you how are you gonna get through training camp? Are you gonna be okay in you know the preseason and we're gonna put you on IR for the first month of, I'll be out there know, week one. No week one and now week two. And and this is what's got me so excited. Are we going to see it? Is this the week that we are gonna see it? Because honestly, I think you have to be this team this week against those edge rushers in terms of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. This is the this is the week more so than any other week to actually have a a good rushing attack and some good tight ends out on the edge to help your tackles out maybe and pass protection to actually get movement at the point knowing Chan is going to be a guy that will line up outside of Max Williams Max Crosby as well take chances and jump inside and now maybe Max can pin him inside and you're running on the outside on the Edge, the perimeter, trying to run at them and punch him in the face and slow these edge guys down, man. This would be the week to do it. I'm hoping this is going to be a jumping off point going forward. Well, you've got five running backs on the roster. Which you've got more healthy running backs than receivers at this point. And four tight ends. You've got five running backs, four tight ends, and what, like two receivers at this point? Andy Isabella's been ruled out. Rondale Moore's been ruled out. You're already playing without Antoine Wesley and DeAndre Hopkins. You Seriously, what do you have at receiver? You have Hollywood Brown. You have Greg Dortch. You have A.J. Green. Those are your only receivers for Sunday, right? Unless I missed something and they picked somebody up. So you've got Pichelli? those three receivers. Yeah, Pacelli. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but he's not really. Is he going to? Well, you know, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen right now? I just know this. Um, once again, uh, the, the physicality and the mentality. It's one of the reasons why you signed you, you signed James Conner, right? Yeah. It's one of the reasons why you did that is because he is that guy. That's his mentality. Well, you got to feed the beast, baby. You got to do it. And I honestly think this is a great week to try to do that. And just see what happens from that point forward. I don't know that you can look at last week and be like, ah, we were so close. We're going to stick with what we were doing. We weren't. 
close to anything last week. I don't think last week is what the Cardinals are going to be all season, but I don't think I need to watch them replicate anything that they did last week. Uh, all right, we come back. We're switching gears to baseball. You you, uh, you heard Eric Ruby put it in the update. Dre Jameson, pretty good performance last night. He's going to join us next to talk about it. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This Sunday, Kyler and the Cards face their old pal Chandler Jones at the Raiders in Vegas. Can K-1 avoid Chan rushing from one edge and Max Crosby on the other edge? Two great players coming off the edge, but um, we're excited about our plan and, and Beach and, and Hump. We're going up against both guys, and it'll be a huge challenge, but I'm excited to see how we play. Kickoff at 125. Arizona Sports brings you the play-by-play of the game on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7 FM. All right, Basinonians, Ron Wolfley here from my girl, Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Your valley-wide team, go to higherprice.com. Go to higherprice.com, man. You're going to find out what a difference it is to actually sell your home. Would you like to actually sell your home in your time frame, right? Three days or less. <laughs> How about that? Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I'd go four days. Well, if that's okay. Well, you can go four days if you would like, but right now you're going to get offers that you can accept in less than three days, if you can imagine that, man. Maybe you don't like strangers walking around your home, looking through your home, looking at all your stuff. I I don't know. Maybe you don't like that, and maybe agents kicking you out on the weekends for showings. Then you can bypass all of this if you just go to higherprice.com, man. If you're willing to sell your home, you need to go to higherprice.com. For Carol Royce. Go to higherprice.com. The Clubhouse Calling with Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. D-backs taking on the Padres tonight. Okay, so Wolf, it was not that long ago, like not even two weeks ago. Ryan Nelson goes out there, seven innings. Shut out baseball. Four hits, okay? Major League debut. Sold. Uh-huh. So let's do that more often. Yes. Well, last night, Dre Jameson won off to seven innings against the Padres. Shut out baseball. But only two hits. So take that, Ryan. And by the way, throwing gas. Yeah. He joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, this is Dre Jameson. Dre, thank you for the time. Um, can you just kind of take us through what your emotions were like when you went out there on a Major League mound for the first time last night? Yeah, I mean, um, it was pretty awesome. You know, it's something that I've been wanting to do my whole life. And um, I cherished every moment of it. Um, And honestly, the emotions were, you know, I wasn't as nervous as I thought I was going to be. Um, You know, I just zoned in with Carson. I talked with the pitching coaches and the guys around me in the clubhouse before the game. And I just felt like I was at home. And um, it, it was an awesome feeling. Dre, can you take us through the process of being called up, man? What what was that like? Did you see this coming? Did you know it was coming? What was that like being called up? Yeah, so actually I did not, you know, know when it was coming. Um, I had a feeling, you know, maybe I had a chance at the, at the end of this year to get called up. Um, you know, my agency talking to me and stuff like that, but I, I just didn't know exactly when because – as you guys know, my numbers weren't the best in in minor leagues this year, and um, you know I didn't know if they were going to give me my chance. Um, 
So actually, I didn't know exactly what was going on, and then I got called into the office. And they told me I was just kind of like, whoa, like I wasn't really expecting it. Um, they got brought upon me, and I was. I honestly didn't know what to say when they told me. So, Dre, um, Dre yeah, who did, a, did somebody call day. you though? Did I, who called you? No. So uh, our manager in AAA, Gil, he, him, Doug Drebeck, Mark Reed, um, and Lolly, they all called me in the office and they and they told me. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that had to be pretty cool. Uh, we're talking to Dre Jamison right now. Dre had talked about it at, at the start of this segment, but, I mean, Ryan Nelson pitched very similarly in his Major League debut against that same team at Petco Park uh, just a couple weeks ago. I mean, you know Ryan from even before getting up here, I'm assuming, having played together in the minors. Did you did you talk to him at all before or after that game? Yeah, so me and Nelly have been really close all through minor leagues. We've been roommates since day one. Um, that's like one of my best friends on the team and in the whole org. And I did, I asked him, you know, like the ropes of like, Hey, what, what do I wear? Like, what exactly do I wear to the field? Um, little stuff just leading up to it. And then I picked his brain on, you know, the Padres as he faced them as well. And he was like fastball dominant, just attack them. Um, He's like, nothing is different up here. He was like, it's still baseball. You're on the mound. You're competing. He's like, just block everything out. It's you and Carson, and just go do what you know how to do best. So, and I ran with it, and I threw my best stuff, and I was just letting the heaters rip. No, there's no doubt about it, Dre. You look really, really good. Your stuff looked electric for the most part. Can I ask you this? Why have you struggled in the minors this year? Why have you struggled? Um, you know, the PCL is not easy to pitch in, um, but it also, it helps you for these moments like yesterday. Um, you know, I had challenges down there and, and I learned from it. I knew I couldn't just throw heaters right over the middle of the plate. Like it, it just doesn't work. And I, and I've been working on it, working on it. And I'm also like, I throw a sinker now, Reno, it doesn't move, um, their quality. It's, it's just not the air quality, but the elevation and all that kind of stuff. I just don't get as much movement on my pitches as I'm going to get when I'm not in high elevated areas. Um, and I think that was a huge thing for yesterday as well as my sinker was really moving. My changeup was really moving. I struggled to command the slider early on yesterday because it was moving a lot more than what it was in Reno. So then I had to change my sights to, then be able to land that that slider in the zone, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean it's just a learning. You know, minor leagues you're learning, you're you're trying to develop new things, you're trying to do new things. So then when you get called up, you want to be ready for that time. And um, you know, I take the numbers and I, and I throw them out um, in the minor leagues, just because I'm I'm learning, uh, I'm trying new things and. Got a lot of free swingers. You got guys that don't have plans, and they might run into one here and there. But um, other than that, man, it's you know I'd rather fail down there than fail up here. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely the way to do it. Succeed when you get to the very top level. We're talking to Dre Jamison. Uh, Dre, you're one of those guys that you know 2020 happens, and all of a sudden there basically just isn't minor league baseball. So you get drafted, and you're out there in, in 2019 at uh, at Ball State, and then all of a sudden there's just kind of a lost year. How much uh, did did that potentially set you back, or did it set you back? Did you learn anything in that time? 
Um, I learned a lot, actually. Um, I got my body right. I gained some weight. Um, and my, that's what I feel like kind of helped my velo jump into the upper 90s of fit. Because um, I was a guy that was 95, 97, 98. I was running up to 100 here and there. But, I mean, at the start of this year, after last year, and I and I did all my workout plans with PS, or PSF Sports with Brandon Phillips and or Brandon Harris, not Brandon Phillips. Um, they got me right. They they did a lot of stuff, mobility, strengthening the little muscles in my shoulders and, and stuff that I needed to work on and get stronger. And from that, I mean, for the last two years, that's what I've been doing. And my VO jumped drastically sitting-wise. I mean, I started out the season, I, I don't it was anywhere from sitting in 98 to 101. Um it's obviously went down a little bit coming in September, but Velo is still there. But um, in the baseball realm of it, uh, it, there's a lot of opportunities that opened up, you know, because it could have set me back a little bit because I didn't have that season and I might have been able to push through, you know, a little bit longer. But business side of baseball is this year was my rule five. And I think it kind of helped, you know, get – get my feet wet here in the big leagues for next year to try to make the team. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just all, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think COVID gave me a setback, but I also don't think it gave me like a jump in the game and just kind of steady realm. So Dre, 1985, I was a fullback in the national football league, my rookie year in 1985. And I had a rookie moment. I walked out onto the field and I said, Oh my goodness, that's Lawrence Taylor. Now, you may not know who Lawrence Taylor is. You may want to go ahead and Google who Lawrence Taylor is, but he was one I of I know the, who he is. Okay, you know. <laughs> you know. I watched the blind side. I watched the blind side. Okay, you know who Lawrence Taylor is. What about you? Yeah. When you walked out there, did you have a, man, that's Manny Machado. You know, no. I really didn't. Um, because at the end of the day, He's competing just like I am. He's been there for some time. Yeah, he's signed for a lot of money. But at the end of the day, like, he's trying to get me and I'm trying to get him. So I just like to compete. And at the end end of all of it, it's me and Carson. And I'm throwing my best stuff, what he thinks is best. And I'm going to run with it. Um, But but I'll never take away. Like, obviously, I knew that's Machado in the box. That's Soto in the box. But... I wasn't, like, intimidated by it at all. That's awesome, dude. Well, Dre, we appreciate the, the time. Congratulations on your performance last night, and I'm sure you've you've earned the opportunities for more, so good luck going forward, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Dre. Uh, that's Dre Jamison joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. How about the fact that Ryan Nelson just screwed over the Padres twice? He goes out there and pitches really well against him <laughs> on the fifth, and then he tells his best friend in the entire organization, Dre Jamison, how to do it to them again last night. That's great, man. I love that right there, too, at the end, man. No, he, he did not have that moment. I did. <laughs> I had that moment a couple of times, as a matter of fact. Lest you think the Padres are just kind of playing out the string or they're already in a playoff spot or these games that the D-backs keep taking from them don't really matter, they are clinging to the final wildcard spot in the National League. With all the money they've spent, and obviously some of it is Fernando Tatis Jr. being uh, suspended and everything, but with all the money the Padres have spent, the D-backs just keep calling up these young pitchers who just go out there and shut them out for seven innings. 
So it's kind of fun. Uh, same play the Padres again uh, tonight. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What is the biggest matchup to keep an eye on individually in this Cardinals-Raiders game on Sunday? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Alert, alert, alert! Presented by 72 Soul. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Sports Station. This is, and I don't know this song. This is a Rush song, but it's being covered by Coheed and Cambria. It's not being covered, is it? That's the Coheed and Cambria <laughs> lead singer. Oh, my God. Do you not think that's getting Lee? Oh, I knew it was coming. I... You're listening. This is also. Right now. Who's also covering it? Danny Carey from Tool is in this, too. And Les Claypool from Primus. Oh. It's like they all got together to make this song for Wolf that he didn't know about. That is truly no. stunning, man. That is just stop it. Nobody covers Getty Lee. He should have been, like, legally required. Maybe he was. Like, with this voice, if you're going to be a musician, you do have to cover at least one Rush song. Just legally, I'm sorry, you have to do it. That's bad. Awesome. I can't believe you can't believe she found that. <laughs> when has she ever not found something we've referenced, even if we didn't know I it just, existed? You know, honestly, um, with a guy that people say, man, you sound a lot like Getty Lee. Want to cover a Getty Lee song? I don't know. Who does Wolf sound like that he could cover a song by? Have you ever been told no. by people like, oh, you sound like someone's no. over this band? No. This is now my new mission. This year. Nobody's ever told me that. I'm People just tell me they don't like my voice. Well, that's kind of rude. <laughs> it is kind of rude, I think. <laughs> yes, they feel very comfortable telling me that. I don't know why. Just want to let you know I don't like hearing you. Yeah. Deal. What do you do for a living? <laughs> oh, radio. No, can't stand your voice, especially in the morning. Have a good day. All right. Thank uh, you. To this game uh, on Sunday, Wolf, this is our last chance to talk about this game. Okay, enough. Get over it. Uh, this is our last chance because we're going to do the work week wrap up here in just a second. So the uh, our last final thoughts on this game going into Vegas week two of the season. Uh, I'm going to start it off with this. We played this clip earlier, but I think it's worth repeating. Greg Dortch on Big Red Rage last night. Greg Dortch, who, by the way, is like the number three receiver. And I'm not sure there is a number four receiver right now. So get ready, Greg. Uh, he was on Big Red Rage last night. You asked him about the Raiders secondary, and he responded by talking about two guys that aren't in the Raiders secondary. They're, they're definitely a talented group. Um, well coached. Um, not going to lie, Chandler Jones is a problem. You know, we, we knew that when he was here, but yeah. just going back and watching the film and him and Max, 
um, they're filthy together. So that's going to be a challenge for us. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just like the way he said it. Like, I know you asked me about the secondary. I'm trying to answer. Yeah. But I got to tell you, this Chandler Jones character is a real problem. Man, I mean, stop it. Think about that. I, I've, I asked a wide receiver in the National Football League, tell me about their secondary. What are you seeing on tape? And he said, oh, you know, they're good. They're well coached and, you know, they're a good union. But, man, (laughs) he went right to the edge. Took about four seconds. He went right to the edge. We're talking about a wide receiver, man. We're not talking about a tight end. We're we're not talking about a tackle. (laughs) For the first time ever, we're not talking about a tight end. (laughs) I deserve that so much. I deserve that. We turn on each other at the one o'clock. We're not exactly right. We're not talking about a running back or no. Even a quarterback saying, you know, we get surpass rush, man. We gotta we gotta block first, and if we can block first, we can attack their secondary. That's how a quarterback would have went ahead. But you've got a wide receiver. Asked a question in regard to the other team's secondary, and he goes to the edge. That, to me, blew my mind. Um, And yet it's so appropriate. It really is. This is one of the reasons why the Arizona Cardinals, I'm hoping more so this week than any other week, become that physical team. Become a physical team and a balanced team. A well-balanced team that come out and protect their quarterback because you're running the ball and you're putting him in an offense that is balanced. And you don't become one-dimensional because that's when Max Crosby and that's when Chandler Jones tee off. When you're suddenly one-dimensional, the defense has got to play, too, because you don't want to get down like they did to the Kansas City Chiefs. If the offense is sputtering, you want to get up on this team. And if you get up on this team, that means you're going to have to score a ton of points to win. I I can't believe I'm going down this path here, but to even further build on your point from earlier in the show... If you were going to, if you were going to do that, do what you just said. This would be a good week to do it, right? You don't have a ton of receivers that are even healthy. You basically Correct. have three. <laughs> um, so this would be a good week to do it. But how about this too, Wolf? You're not going to change your entire offense around one player. But if you were thinking, okay, maybe this is the week to attack more with the run than we typically do. Would it be the worst thing in the world to throw a different look at Chandler Jones than what he's used to from the last few years of being here? If the Cardinals come out running and just running and running on Sunday, he's probably going to be like, wait a minute, this is not what I'm... <laughs> I mean, he'll adjust. He's Chandler Jones. Yeah. It's not like he's going to be so confused he just wanders off the field. Correct. But it's probably not what he's expecting going into Sunday. And once again, Chan, um, listen, he's he's such a good football player. Watching him on tape, it just puts a smile on my face because I love the professor. Anybody, anybody that has listened to me call um, games with Chandler Jones over the last five years or more um, with the Cardinals, you know exactly what it is that I, I think about this guy and how much I respect him. So were you saying when you were taking down Russell Wilson, not once, but twice to be the NFL leader and set a single season record for the Cardinals, you were thinking in your mind, Wolf's call, you know, the whole backwaxer thing? Or I mean, is that going through your when mind I was, at some when point? I, when I saw Russell Wilson, I had a clear shot at him. And all I could think about was take him down. And if I do take him down, I'll have a PhD in backwaxer. <laughs> The professor, of course, does have a PhD in back waxing, but he's does not. It, he does an impression of you too, doesn't he? <sighs> no, okay, you're not going to do that. No, I don't have. Not, it. Don't that's, play that's out of my yeah, power. Okay. It, okay. It's awful, by the way. But um, <laughs> I, could, I could just see you over there. Yes, I get it. I understand. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, again, uh, he, he's not very good at setting the edge. Um, he's not great. Okay? It's not that he's bad. He's not great so at setting the edge. He will actually take chances as well. Many times, Chan will jump inside. When he sees an edge play coming at him, like the tackle zone, here it comes. He'll go ahead and jump inside. Because if he can jump inside and pierce that gap, now all of a sudden he can make the play in the backfield. He does that from time to time. And he did that even against the Tennessee Titans last year. You think? Think early. about it. Early, he did that. So he will take chances, and so will Max Crosby. And it's one of the reasons why I think Max Williams is going to be critical because he's the best point of attack tight end blocker the Arizona Cardinals have by far and away. And if you're going to go with a lot more two tight ends and run down situation, first and ten, second and one to six, because you don't have a plethora of wide receivers that are ready to go. You're not going to go with a ton of 11. You're probably going to go with a ton of 12 because Zach Ertz is almost like a wide receiver. So why wouldn't you do that? You would. And that's what I expect to see on Sunday. All right. Well, <laughs> hopefully it works. The, the, the mood around the sports fans in the Valley is going to be so different. If the Cardinals are one and one after Sunday, as opposed to zero and two, I mean, it, it, it just seems so extreme right now with the way things played out this past Sunday, and obviously the continuation of of, uh, of last season. It's going to feel that way until they win a game. When we come back, it was a busy week around the world of sports. We're going to take you through everything with our work week wrap up next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, it's Friday. It is time for the work week wrap-up, Wolf. And uh, a lot of times when we do this, we get through it. I'm like, wow, this all happened this week? This is going to be one of those uh, weeks. We'll start on Monday. It's a good place to start. Monday. Monday, Cliff Kingsbury joined us following the Cardinals' 44-21 loss to the Chiefs. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, nobody's going to go undefeated. We know that. That was a very good team, whether you lost by 20 or or 1. It was going to be a challenge to to beat that team. But uh, just the, the level which we executed, how we did things, how we played the game just wasn't our standard or what we want to be. And, and um, so our, our guys will recognize that. And uh, I expect us to play a lot better next week. Feels like years ago. Yeah, it does. Um, let's hope that watching the Cardinals play in week two makes it feel like it was years ago that's, that's as true. well. We, we don't need to revive those feelings this Sunday. D-backs uh, lost their opener against the Dodgers at Chase Field. I want to have made all the difference. There's another one. That sits one out of here, number 34 on the year, a three-run shot. And the lead doubles to six to nothing. And the Broncos on Monday Night Football decided to keep running in shotgun from the goal line and then kick a 64-yard field goal instead of just, you know, letting Russell Wilson drive them down the field. This is Nathaniel Hackett the day after. Looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. One of those things, you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that 46 was the mark. We were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards. 
<laughs> you know, once again, uh, you had a plan. Okay, yeah, but well, why was the plan there to begin with? And you're telling us uh, definitely we should have gone for it the next day. <laughs> why was your plan so messed why was the your, day before? Why was your yard line you had to get to the 46? Well, you, you add about 17 yards to wherever you are. That's the field goal, right? Yeah. I think, you move that up like 10 yards? Yeah, I think what he was saying, though, is that's what we felt comfortable, like our kicker could make the kick from 46 yards. That was the line we had to be at. But if you're given the opportunity of converting a fourth and five with Russell Wilson as your quarterback, why not up the percentages dramatically? It would be like the Suns running a play at the end of the game and just having Booker shoot like a three-quarter court shot because they're like, ah, he can make this. Yeah. Like, Or you could just move up 40 feet and try from a little bit closer, too. They say analytically that it's almost half, almost 50% chance on a fourth and five that you're going to make it analytically. Okay, that with or without Russell Wilson? I have no idea, but I would imagine Russell Wilson, that percentage goes up, I would imagine. And you're only 4.8% of all 64-yard field goals ever attempted in the NFL have been made. And most of them don't even get attempted. All right, hold on. <laughs> we're only, we're still in Monday and the show's almost over. Tuesday. Tuesday, well, that's when things got crazy. Here's Woj talking about the NBA findings on Robert Sarver. You know, you read the full report, uh, you see the conduct, uh, again, marrying, marrying very much of what Baxter Holmes had reported a year ago. Yeah, that was the start of everything, and uh, that's obviously going to be a theme throughout the rest of the week. So real quick, D-backs lose to the Dodgers 4 to nothing on to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, Adam Silver talked and uh, addressed the media. He was asked if there's any conversations about maybe Sarver just voluntarily selling the team. No. I, uh, the discussions, we, we, Robert Sarver and I spoke several times along the way, and... I, we allowed. I allowed the investigation to unfold. We didn't prejudge it. No, I think was the answer right there. Even that feels like years ago. Yeah, I know. Um, such an uncomfortable feeling to see Adam Silver of all people struggle. Yeah, that was that was a strange one. Uh, the Cardinals, no Jalen Thompson at practice. Here's Vance Joseph. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, he, he he's missed two days. So when you miss two days of football practice, it's, it's always tough to come back and play at full speed on Sunday. So we'll see about him tomorrow. On top of that, Kyler Murray talking about that sense of urgency that apparently wasn't there in week one. When you get beat like that, you know, at home, uh, game one, yeah, it's got to it's got to be a it's got to be a wake up call for whoever you know felt complacent or whatever internally. You know, you got to look in the mirror individually. You know, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to be great? Like, what 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 drives you? Like, those are the questions I feel like you know need to be asked. No doubt about it, man. Need to be asked and will continue to be asked until you continue to show that they don't need to be asked anymore. That was very profound and philosophical. Right Thank there. you. Yeah. Existential, even. Uh, Howard Beck on with Bickley Murata because Chris Paul and LeBron James spoke up on the Robert Sarver suspension. Because we're starting to see this sort of uh, you know groundswell of outrage, and especially from the players who are very important in this equation, I think maybe this is just the beginning and not the end. Well, you know my feeling, Wolf, that Adam Silver figured that's exactly what would happen when he put that report out there for everybody to see. Yeah, those words right there, whoever 
D-backs walked off the Dodgers 5-3 on a Sergio Alcantara pinch hit three-run home run in extras. Swing and a drive to right. Back on it goes Thompson at the fence. Diamondbacks walk it off. A three-run homer by Sergio Alcantara. And the Diamondbacks win the final game of this series. I know the Dodgers are like 55 games over 500 right now. Think about that for a minute right there. Taste it, okay? Yet at the same time, can we get a close-up again of Dave Roberts' face as we walk him off? Can we please get that again and just freeze-frame that thing? Put it up in the newsroom. They'll probably wonder what we're doing. Hanging a big poster of Dave Roberts' face out there with all the the news people on the Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Thursday, how about Roger Federer? Announcing that next week's Labor Cup will be the last event in his storied career. Tennis losing some of their biggest names ever in the last, what, month? This is a bittersweet decision because I will miss everything the tour has given me. But at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis, and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. All right, so Federer and Serena I love Williams. that right there, Federer. How about that accent Federer. right there? I love like that, yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, 20 Grand Slam? Yeah, no big deal. 20 Grand Slam. Okay. 20-time Grand Slam champion. Uh, the Suns appointing Sam Garvin, the interim governor for Robert Sarver, the, the time that he's out. Uh, and then you have Jay Williams, who joined us, talking about how the NBA is handling this. Adam Silver watched this. Uh, and I think Adam Silver is the most progressive and the smartest commissioner hmm. in all sports. Uh, on the Baseball Wolf, we just had Dre Jamison on because he pitched seven scoreless innings last night. Two hits over those seven innings. D-backs beat the Padres. Chiefs rallied past the Chargers 27-24 last night. On to Friday. Friday. Friday, Dave Pash joined us, and this is what he said about the Sarver situation. If sponsors back out and players speak up, he's going to be out. Um, and it looks like that's what's happening. And that's what needed to happen. Yeah, Dave Pash joining us right there. And you know what? Honestly, it's it's a tough situation going forward. You have to wonder what is the next step on this and what news will come down. Because I got this feeling right now, it's going to be different come Monday. The way, the way things have been going. Real quick, Cliff Kingsbury updates on Rondale Moore. He's out. All right, how about Andy Isabella? Uh, out. And Dre Jameson, what were you doing last night? No, I was just letting the heaters rip. All right, well, that will wrap up the show right there. Thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass, Jesse Morrison as well for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Peace and strength.